said, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh, that's all. Mm. I had the glasses falling down. Six bullets. That's what it took to silence 63-year-old KwaZulu-Natal grandmother and anti-mine activist Vikile Nshangase. Her crime? Standing firm in opposition to the expansion of a coal mine in her community. In today's episode of Boots on the Ground, behind SA's national headlines, we look into the assassination of Umaman Changase, an anti-mine activist from northern KwaZulu-Natal, and we consider the environment of intimidation that she and other vocal activists find themselves in. Boots on the Ground is a podcast dedicated to unraveling some of South Africa's biggest news stories. This podcast follows Sunday Times reporters as they investigate the stories making the headlines. For Boots on the Ground, behind SA's national headlines, I am your host, Matthew Savides. Please be advised that the contents of this podcast involves descriptions of murder and may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. How do you remember Mama Shingase? She was not a gossiper. She she was working with people in the front mm. in the front line. Yes. Mm. She mm. loved to work with people with honest and to just speaking the truth. Mm. She was not happy if seeing the people, some people, some person victimizing some someone. The man you've just heard is Victor Langa, a close family friend and former colleague of Uma Manchangase, and the last person to hear her voice. They were chatting on the phone while Nchangase was chopping vegetables in her lounge. While they chatted, Langa played her a gospel song he just found. Fakila was a devout Christian. The song is upbeat and happy and would soon become dreadfully out of place. All of a sudden, he hears a commotion on the other end of the line. She said, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, that's all. Mm. I had the glasses falling down. Mm, mm. So, so did you hear any of the bullets, uh, any of the gunshots when she was shot? Only one. I, I, uh, I suspected that it is a thunderstorm. Mm. Later, uh, I... I also said to my wife, if it's not easy, it's a thunderstorm. If it's not? Easy, it's a thunderstorm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can be a robot or a thunderstorm. Something is happening at Kwakaraza. Mm. Mm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was from half past six to twenty to seven. Mm. 
He would later find out that three armed men had entered Fakila's home while they were chatting. They walked in, spoke to her grandson, and asked him to watch the dogs so they could say hello to his grandmother, who ran a small tuck shop from her home. But they were not there to say hello. Jangase was gunned down in cold blood, six bullets ripping through her chest, shoulders, and abdomen. One shot was fired while she lay face up on the floor of Ozumkele home. One bullet hole still remained in the floor when the Sunday Times visited the family in the wake of the killing, marking the exact spot the fatal shot was fired. Changase's daughter, Lungelo Takaza, says it was her son who had sounded the alarm. Um, it was around about half past seven and they, they told me that my mom was found dead after hearing gunshots because my son who was in the house heard the gunshots and the neighbor's house who alerted everyone and arranged transport for me to come here so i arrived here at about eight and the police and my neighbors were here so it was three guys they came in they, yes. they spoke to your son and they told him look you and the boys can just watch the dogs when I go greet your, your, your grandma. Yes. What they did. Yes. This is not the first parent that Kakaza has lost this year. Her father passed away just three months earlier to cancer, and now her mother has been gunned down. But who was Fikile and Shangase? And what could a 63-year-old grandmother have done to deserve this kind of targeted violence. While their issue is complicated and involved, the answer is simple. Fikile and Jangase simply wouldn't back down. She was at the forefront of the Mfolozi Community Environmental Justice Organization, a community organization opposed to the proposed 220-kilometer expansion of the existing Sumkele mine in northern KwaZulu-Natal. The anthracite mine, which has been operating since 2007, is the subject of three court cases. In 2016, the mine, operated by Tendele Coal Mining, was granted authorization to expand their operation. One of the trio of legal matters seeks to overturn that 2016 expansion approval. As the Sunday Times started probing the matter, shocking allegations of bribery quickly came to light. Jangase's assassination came after she rejected an alleged 350,000 rand bribe to back down on her opposition to the mine's expansion. Exactly two weeks to the day after she stood up at a public meeting and said she would depose an affidavit stating exactly who offered the bribe and exactly what they wanted, she was gunned down raising inevitable questions as to whether she may have paid the ultimate price for her resistance. Kirsten Newins, an environmental lawyer representing the community in their cases against the mine, says that Man Shangase was bold, outspoken, and a force to be reckoned with. She said Fikile had told her about the bribe, and Newins was at that meeting when Fikile made her statement. I would say she was a feminist. Mm. Which is rare in that, uh, that real silly setting, because it's hard to be a feminist. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't think I've ever met her husband. So she was the one that ever, that always came to the, the meeting. She was the one that sat in the front row. She was the one that stood up and said, hold on, you lied. You shouldn't have said that. 
I don't trust you. She was the one that called people out in public over and over and over again. She was the one that was always trying to push for her community to do better. So mm. she, she, you know, she wanted to um, harvest gooseberries and make gooseberry jam and sell it. She was like, she was had an entrepreneur's spirit. Mm. Um, she was also a perfectionist. So if you sang the the, head, the the song wrong, she would stop and we'd have to sing we hadn't get the song game because you got the words wrong. Or um, so she, she, she was. She spoke with justice and she spoke with truth, mm. regardless of how hard it was. Yeah. Incredibly outspoken, incredibly courageous, incredibly brave, and incredibly aware of what was right and wrong. Johan mm. Lorenzen, another lawyer involved in the cases, believes in Shangasa's anti-mining stance was central to the hit. She just carried space forcefully. Um, you know, when she was in the room and, and spoke, you know, she was a magnet. Um, Initially, 19 families were part of the court cases and are refusing to be moved to make way for the mine's expansion, although the lead applicant has since withdrawn. Fikile was not one of the 19, as she was not required to move her home. Her opposition was in principle and due to the negative impact of the mine in general. Both lawyers say that these families and other activists have experienced significant intimidation, including death threats, and overt violence, including drive-by shootings. It has gotten worse since lockdown, they say. While mine management denies knowing about this intimidation, it is a pervasive feeling that exists. There is a culture of fear among the community, particularly among the families that are refusing to move and activists like Nshangase who support them. I mean, I know it's, it's legally and, and it's difficult to speculate around, around her killing, um, but, but does it seem to point towards it being linked to the mine and to her activism? In terms of potential uh, culpability for the mine, I'd say firstly, just from experience, the odds of... Uh, the company itself, of the mining rights holder itself, putting out a hit are very low. I mean, there's too many ways that that could go wrong, and they're yeah. not going to risk, you know, white CEO's criminal liability for mm. something like that. Mm. Um, but what we have very much observed mm. is creating a culture of intimidation of people standing up to the mine, because essentially mm. there have been several, uh, they're called Management briefs are basically public notices of the entire community in English guru updating them on the on on the mine and its health or otherwise, and several of them have specifically uh, named activists as well as uh, who, who have been participating in the court litigation, such as Sikila and Chagase. Okay. But both groups, the activists and the the uh, 
household that have not yet agreed to uh, the terms of their relocation mm-hmm. have been specifically called out and and people have been told that the mine will shut down if they persist with their uh, conduct and expressing told that jobs, contracts and share equity will continue to happen. Okay. So the, the stakes were put very high in a way that um, it, it is, it, to the extent this would be linked to a mine contractor, a traditional council or mm. uh, an employee, uh, it's, it would um, be very predictable. For the last year, there's been a general feeling of intimidation, mm-hmm. especially for these 19 families. Begine was not one of those 19 families in Spain. Yes. Yeah. So she, she has never been in, in our mind in the firing line, literally. We, we knew everybody that was vocal mm-hmm. was in the firing line. But, yeah. but we, the 19 families have had data. Look, we were focused on protecting those 19 families. Mm, yeah. You know, so we, our focus was not really Fidile. Mm. I don't think she expected it either. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 the general feeling of intimidation is it's way past that. So they have the premier, they have the, municipality, mm. they have the Nkonyama Trust Board, they have the King, they mm. have Indunas, they have Nkosi, they have their own community, and now they have certain members of Nkejo, all threatening them. Yeah. I mean, it's gone way past intimidation. I, I, I don't know how these people are actually surviving. Yeah. And, and the mind's answer to that is, let us mind, and then everything will be fine. That is the answer to the, how do we stop the violence? Let us mine, and then the violence will stop. Almost a month later, the violence or intimidation within the community is linked to the mine's expansion is a daunting and turbulent task. But Ewens believes that the timing of the assassination cannot be a coincidence. I've heard from Fagile, Fagile was offered a bribe. Yes. Um, and she said in that meeting last Thursday that she was, so she, sorry, she was killed last Thursday, yeah. two weeks ago, exactly. Mm. We were in a meeting and she said she would attest an affidavit. Yeah. So who, who offered her a bribe and mm. what they wanted from her. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Her, her family said the same thing to us as well, that that, that was, yeah. you know, she came home from me, from that meeting and told them exactly what had happened. And, and even though she wasn't directly involved, I mean, that that would that would put her in, in the sights of, of people who, who wanted the mine. Yeah, I mean, had we, I mean, that community meeting that we were in two weeks ago, it was supposedly for the people that we trusted. So people, we, it took us so long to organize because we weren't sure who was being recruited by the mine mm. to, to, to turn against the organization. So there was only 70 people there and she was obviously one of them and she was in the front row. Um, and she said in that meeting, exactly as she always does, you know, outspoken, strong, um, very opinionated, Mm. Always used to be irritated with the way certain males treated her because she was a woman. You know, she said, you know, I'm treated like this because I'm a woman. Mm. Um, and then when the meeting was dis- disrupted, 
by two of the committee members and uh, subcommittee members and some thugs. But she didn't say that in front of them. But somehow, it, I, look, I don't know. I, I just feel that why now? Why one week after that meeting when she said she was going to, on affidavit, say exactly what's been going on? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's devastating because we were all there. And, and you know, I mean, obviously we had to, since then we've actually got the affidavit that we needed from the other people that said that because I phoned them straight afterwards and the next day and said after she was killed, I said, do you know that you said the same thing? Be very careful mm. because I feel like you are next. So do you, do you get the feeling that, that people are, are still as committed to this fight or, or are you, are you worried that this, this beyond intimidation is, is going to reach a, a point where, where people just, you know, pack their bags and, and give up? Cracky, I wouldn't blame them if they did. I really wouldn't. But. It's almost as if, in some instances, the result becomes stronger. Mm. Ewan says that while Nshangase's assassination and other acts of violence against anti-mine activists has without a doubt intimidated the community, they keep on fighting because the conditions under which they live are appalling. And, and I suppose the scary part is when you look at when you look at other mines. When I mean, we've seen it at at Kolobe, uh, Kolobeni, we've seen it at um, some of the the coal mines in in Limpopo and Pumalanga. Um, it's not, it's not uncommon to see anti mining activists targeted like this. No, and I think what makes this one so so much more tragic and so much more unique and so much more dramatic is that they they are not just opposing. It. A coal mine. They are actively fighting against a currently operating coal mine. Mm. So they, so while Colombia are living in fear and intimidation and and they fight nonstop, they are still living on their land, harvesting their vegetables, mm. breathing clean air, you know, uh, harvesting food from the sea. Whereas this community are suffering with pollution and degradation and blasting and noise. What about those jobs? What about those tourists that have to drive through a 
an open class coal mine to get to what is supposed to be one of South Africa's most pristine nature reserves and game reserves that, that saved the white rhino from extinction. I mean, Prince Harry wrote in the guest book when he visited, it's unfortunate that the entrance to this pristine place is marred by a coal mine. Tendele, Chief Executive Jan Dupria, said that if the company did not obtain permission to expand, the mine would close within two years. He said he wasn't aware of any tensions nor of any allegations of bribery, and he said he hoped the perpetrators of Nshangase's murder would be swiftly brought to book. But, he said, the mine was crucial to the lives and livelihoods of the community. He told the Sunday Times via email that the closure of the mine would result in the loss of income directly and indirectly for 20,000 people in an area where, quote, unemployment is up to 90%. The community is naturally divided over this information. Does the community relegate itself to living among the noise and pollution that is associated with open cast mining? Or does it forfeit 20,000 potential jobs in the hopes of preserving some semblance of a quality of life in the area? For Maan Changase, it's a choice she will no longer have to make, although we know where she stood. For Boots on the Ground, behind SA's National Headlines, a production of the Sunday Times and Multimedia Live, I am Matthew Savides. The audio for this podcast was collected by myself and colleague Oren Singh, Editing and sound design by Paige Muller. To read the series of articles published on this topic in the Sunday Times and on Sunday Times Daily, visit timeslive.co.za and search for Nchangase.